welcome, Mel. Hi. Now, in really important question to get to know, have you tried kombucha? Yes, I have, even before this morning. Oh, what's your verdict? I love it. I'm um, off alcohol this Christmas. Okay. And um, it's been delicious, just having something other than juice or soft drink. Hmm. But I haven't had a homemade one. It was really good. Okay. Which flavour did you try? Oh, I had a blueberry. But I've also done a couple of, when I visited friends, I got, I was the guinea pig and had some ginger and some lemon and yeah, it's good. Okay. I might so. have to adopt a SCOBY after this time. <laughs> okay. So as well as possibly adopting a SCOBY, who else is in your household? What does your week look like when you're not at Summerfest? Yeah. You? Well, I am married to Nathan, who actually works here at the church and um, we have two kids. Noah is nine and Elkie is six. And they're at school all week. Um, so I do a combination of stuff here at church. I'm in a fantastic wow group that meets here to read the Bible. And also I work a couple of days a week as a physiotherapist at our local medical centre. And that's been a real joy. So my area of specialty is um, women's health. Uh, and not really a fitness expert, but I'll see how I go. <laughs> yeah, so on that, you're speaking to us about fitness. What are you hoping that will take away, I guess, from this morning? Oh, really, it's just that there's so much information out there, and particularly when we've got the motivation to get started and maybe a bit of a new year, new fitness plan, but um, figuring out what's fact and what's what's fiction and what's kind of expected for your average human rather than the superhumans. Some of them even go to this church. But not, not everyone's <laughs> going to achieve that extreme athletic uh, ability. But what's, what's actually the required minimum just for us to be healthy? Oh, great. Well, we look forward to hearing what you have to say. I'll let you take the floor. Thank you. All right. Well, we're going to be talking about physical fitness. And as a physio, you'll know the first thing you have to do before you start is to stretch. So I'm going to get you all. If you haven't got up over morning tea, jump up out of your seat if you can. Well, excuse you if you've got a baby. And um, yeah, reach for the sky, folks. Big stretch. Have a bit of a shake. Make a bit more room for more morning tea as it comes around. All right, now since you're up, um, I'm going to get you to sit down if for the whole year you've only eaten healthy foods. Oh, good job. You guys are doing well. All right. Sit down if for the whole year you have already done some vigorous exercise. For this year. Yeah, that'll do. Good job. Well, this could be bad. I'm feeling a bit better about it though. Um, what about if for this year, if this year you have had at least two litres of water a day? Who's had a sip of kombucha? All right, you can sit down. Good job. So basically, this is just to make me feel really bad because I've got to stay standing for the rest of the talk. So my uh, 2017 fitness plans haven't been going too well because I haven't done any of those things. But I've got good excuses. Um, So it's only the 2nd of January. Happy New Year, everyone. Um, And maybe you've already got some New Year's resolutions. Maybe you've got a word that Amber described. Maybe for you, you had an intention to lose a bit of weight this year, get fit. But it would be just great if there was a way that we could just reset our bodies. So midnight on the 31st of December, if we could just have a clean slate and go back to our ideal body weight 
and our ideal fitness levels. And there must be some sort of a superfood for that, surely. We have to look into that for next year, some way that we could just reset the body. Because we all really want the, the quick fix. And over the years, as we mentioned already, there's been lots of fitness fads that have made a lot of money out of that exact problem. So does anybody remember, this one's a while back, a vibrating belt? These huge things that you, you've seen one? I haven't been up, I've seen a picture, I haven't used one. Strap it onto your belly and it just jiggles away all the belly fat. You could probably do it while you're watching television, I reckon. Uh, Apparently, it had no benefits for weight loss, but it did give you a good shake. So that's a bit of fun. Does anybody remember, it's about the 80s and 90s, mum definitely had one, the thigh master? Yep, it's good. Now, you just put it between your legs and you just squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. And before you know it, you've got these shapely legs, except if it pops out and flies across the room and then knocks the dog unconscious. <laughs> then you've got big trouble. Or maybe some of you might even admit to having an ab roller. Matt, I think you, you were a fan, yeah? Maybe you put yours in the pile for the garage sale or deconstructed it, leaving it somewhere downstairs. So it's basically a metal structure that you lie inside and that you just crunch. And everyone thought they were fantastic, except when there were none left at the gym and you do the crunches and realise you're doing the exact same action anyway. So no need for the ab roller. Well, my favourite was the toning shoes. We had some called the Fit Flops. Now, that was fantastic, especially if you live on the Central Coast. Because what you notice around here, we've been here a couple of years now, people wear thongs all year round, except for those occasional really cold days in wintertime. And that's when you put your Ugg boots on. And then you swap straight back to your thongs. But the bad news is, no pair of thongs is going to tone up your bottom and your legs like in the picture. It just doesn't work, unfortunately. So, we wish there was a shortcut, but in reality, it comes down to being committed over weeks and months and even years to a healthy, balanced diet and to regular exercise. So, to save confusion, I'm going to briefly talk about some of the facts. When it comes to being physically fit, what counts as exercise? Why is it important? And... What can we do to make sure that we're getting enough exercise to be healthy? So the World Health Organization guidelines are a pretty good starting point. And the list I'm going to chat to you about now is intended for adults 18 to 65 years from all around the world. So that's pretty broad. Now, if you're over 18, uh, under 18, sorry, or over 65... There are separate guidelines that you can print off on the website and they're really helpful as well. But you don't get off the hook. They're pretty tough. What they expect of 65-year-olds is, um, is hard as well. So basically what's included? Well, physical activity could be all kinds of leisure activities, walking, dancing, hiking, swimming. It could include gardening, particularly in that 65-age category. That's a fantastic way for older people to keep fit. Um, it could be transportation, such as if you ride your bike or commute to work or walk each day, that counts. It could be occupational exercise. So for particularly if you're involved in a very physical kind of a workforce, that counts. Or household cleaning, also playing games, sports and planned exercises, such as going to the gym. Um, and how much do we actually need? So for the 18 to 25-year-old adult... <laughs> 
and that's assuming that there's no mobility impairments or disability, you need a minimum of 150 minutes of moderate intensity exercise every week or 75 minutes of vigorous exercise, of aerobic type exercise every week or an equivalent combination of both. I'll come back to this. There's lots of data, so apologies if it's all... Anyway, the aerobic activity, though, needs to be performed in bouts of at least 10 minutes. So walking up from the bottom of your house to the top of the house and stairs won't count. Um, For additional health benefits, though, adults should then increase their moderate intensity exercise up to 300 minutes per week and for vigorous exercise up to 150 minutes per week or a combination of both. Finally, and this one may be new to some of us, in addition to aerobic exercise, there is a lot of evidence that muscle strengthening activities should be done at least two or more days of the week. So why? Why so much exercise? Both aerobic and muscle strengthening exercises are needed by all adults to improve cardiorespiratory and muscular fitness, bone health, and reduce the risks of non-communicable diseases of all kinds, as well as depression. And there is strong evidence from all around the globe that both men and women who are active have lower rates of heart disease, lower rates of high blood pressure, stroke, type 2 diabetes, colon and breast cancer, and depression. They are less at risk of hip and vertebral fractures. They exhibit higher levels of cardiorespiratory fitness and muscular fitness. They have a healthier body mass and composition and more likely to achieve weight maintenance. So they're not going to yo-yo. So what's the message for us Australians? Well, these guidelines are relevant to adults regardless of their gender, their race, ethnicity or their income level. So, given that these guidelines are made on a worldwide scale, we need to consider that in Australia, we generally eat more and we do less of the physical kind of labour in our homes and our workplaces. We've got an abundance of amazing appliances that do a lot of that for us than in the developing countries. And so we probably need to be aiming towards the higher end of the spectrum in terms of our physical activity. And if you think about it, to maintain a healthy body weight, the energy input has to equal energy output. So if, like in our family, you indulged a little bit over Christmas, then um, you probably need to increase that recommended amount to try and maintain a healthy body weight. Well, that's a bit of a download, but we got through. So we've spent some time talking about the facts And I'm very happy to take some questions towards the end. You might want to say, what was that again? How many minutes? How do we break that down? But for now, it's helpful to probably chat about some practical ideas for how do we take this stuff, which is really good evidence-based guidelines, and make it a reality in our busy lives. So in a room like this, with so many people, we're probably all going to have a lot of different goals. Does anyone feel really brave? Would be happy to share about a fitness goal? It could vary, really, in a room this big. There could be people who are just starting intentional exercise for the first time and really want to make that a habit this year. Or there could be people who are training for a marathon. I know there's some out here, actually. Uh, We're all chasing um, for a plan or a goal. But the challenge is, how do you stick to that? So, hands up if you, in 2016, visited a doctor or a physio from an injury. 
oh, you guys are doing all right. That's pretty good. What about if uh, in the last two years you've had a baby? Excellent. Now, what about if you have been the father of a new baby in the last two years? Oh, good on you, fellas. Now, look, what you, because ladies, you do know pregnancy is really hard on the dads. Yeah. But my husband, he's so caring. He even grows an empathy belly. So he just lets go for nine months because he's, he's, he's worried about, yeah. All right. Maybe if you haven't put your hand up yet, have you travelled overseas or have you gone interstate for, for one reason or another? Yeah. That's pretty much all of us. So it just goes to show that even though we might have a great plan and the best of intentions, the reality of life gets in the way. And our new healthy routine that we've planned for will be interrupted usually by an injury, you get the flu, you have a big night out and you really need that extra hour's sleep in, or um, you might be up all night with sick children and you're just exhausted, or you're facing stress at work, or you have a pregnancy. And the tricky thing is to pick up where you left off and not let those interruptions actually become the new habit. So going back to those original principles is really important. And who has heard that it takes 21 days to form a habit? I've been counting on that for most of my adult life. And I just found out this week it's not correct. So it's disappointing. But anyway... um, It doesn't really seem to work out in practice. Um, So I found a book. Psychologist Jeremy Dean has actually showed, particularly when it comes to these health habits, that that one-size-fits-all number of 21 days is actually not accurate. There's not a lot of evidence for that. So he got a bunch of students in a London college and asked them to log onto a website, the habit that they wanted to form, and uh, how long it took until it began to feel automatic. And that automaticity is the real key in all of the health behaviours that we want to promote. So, uh, it depends really how long the habit will take to form is dependent on how challenging that behaviour is. For example, one student said that they would drink a a glass of water, full glass of water, every morning before breakfast. How many days do you think that it took for that behaviour to become automatic? Does anyone want to have a guess? 10 days, it's pretty good. Actually, 20 days was the exact amount before eventually that student would get out of bed and drink a glass of water without thinking about it. Now, here's another one. One student wrote that they would do 50 sit-ups every morning after having their, their morning coffee. What do you think about that one? After the 84 days, they, they cancelled the study and still hadn't done it. I think they got it the wrong way round, and you have to do your sit-ups before your coffee. I might feel a bit squeamish. Anyway, good on him for having a go. So the take-home message is that, yes, while some habits are picked up quickly at around the 21 days, there's others that will take a lot longer, up 6 or 12 months, really. Um, but the repetition is the key. Um, just to throw in here, I actually spoke to someone over a dinner party at Christmas who has been for over 20 years swimming four kilometres per week. And um, 
And they do that year round. It doesn't matter if it's, if it's cold weather. Um, they're out there swimming every day. And they've got a very busy life, even on holidays, get in the cruise ship pool and do laps. But that's inspiring because it's just become so inbuilt into their habit. And, um, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely something that they have had to commit and continue doing. Anyway, it's not just the repetition that's the key, but you'll notice in that study they linked it to something they already do. So, for example, if you've decided you want to floss your teeth every day and you always do it immediately after you brush your teeth, you're more likely to stick to it. If you want to go for a walk before breakfast, before checking emails, before unpacking the dishwasher, the chances are that the habit will stick if you do it every day in the same time in your routine. So find something that you're already doing and try and build a new habit around that. Why not start this week? Write down every time that you take a walk or vacuum the house, or kick around the ball in the yard with your kids. And if it's been at least 10 minutes and you're feeling a bit puffed, which indicates a moderate intensity of exercise, then that counts towards your weekly quota. And you'll soon get a sense of how you're tracking, if you just jot it down. And um, you might find that you're going okay, or you might find that you're falling short of that required exercise quota that you need each week. And if you're not meeting the required recommendations right now, then you want to start thinking about first increasing the duration. So if you're only managing about eight minutes and you want to build, you might go to 10 and to 15. Um, And then after you start to increase the duration, increase the frequency, how many times in the week that you're doing it. And finally, looking at intensity. So adding in a few hills or a few flights of stairs to your daily walk would be a good way to do that. For example, a minimum for most um, adult women might be that you do a 30-minute walk five days a week before breakfast and you do two sessions of weights at curbs. And there are fantastic results from that kind, even among my own patients, just seeing how good they feel, the reduction in their weight, the reduction in their back pain. Those are the kinds of basic things that we want to encourage. So um, one more tip, though, that really helps you keep going is that if you want to stick in an exercise program, you generally need to have a role model or a running partner or someone who inspires you. It doesn't have to be a professional athlete. It could just be a friend. And there's some women right here in this room who really encourage me to keep going and call me up and say, let's go for another run. Anyway, um, some of you will know who you are, but that's a real help. And of course, you've got to choose a decent reward, probably not junk food. My husband feels really good after he's been out and done some exercise and he looks forward to a cola Slurpee and a cheeseburger. But I think that sort of just defeats the purpose. But it should be fun, it should be positive and it should really be a social activity. There's a lot more benefit in doing something with a partner. And speaking of role models, a few years ago I was doing lots of running. We lived down on the south coast and I was really inspired by a local athlete named Kerry McCann. Now, Kerry had an amazing career as a distance runner. Some of you may even have seen her events televised. Um, After already having two children, she went on to win the gold medal at the 2006 Commonwealth Games, and she finished just two seconds in front of the Kenyan record holder. It's phenomenal uh, footage of, of that race down in Melbourne. 
Anyway, I used to love running around in Wollongong up to Stanwell Tops, which was also her training ground. So you feel really good, like, knowing, oh, Kerry's done this hill. I can do it. I'm going to stop and walk. (laughs) And um, I even would love getting to the cafe up near her old house where they had this glass display cabinet on the wall where it showed her running singlet that she wore and her gold medal right there beside it. But the thing was, just two years after winning that gold medal, Kerry died of cancer at the age of just 41, leaving behind three tiny kids. And one day as I was sitting there in the cafe, feeling pretty good, feeling top of my game really, and looking up at that gold medal, it hit me, there's got to be more to life than these incredible bodies that we've been given. And I've spent a lot of my adult years studying the amazing and intricate anatomy of the human body. Like, I love it. I could talk all day. I'm fascinated by how it moves, by how it responds to training, by how it gets stronger. And I love that endorphin rush that you get after a really decent workout, along with the best of them. But I'm not going to pin my hopes on that because it just won't last. So in 2017, I want to encourage you to go for it. Get fit and get healthy for the sake of your health and of your happiness. But somewhere in that 150 to 300 minutes that you spend exercising, take some time to consider your soul. Do you know the God that made our bodies? Or when you see an amazing sunrise as you're running along the beach, do you wonder, there must be a God who made all of this? Or maybe I want to just urge you, if you haven't read the Bible since you were a kid, pick it up and have a read for yourself or come along to the life course here at church and check out who Jesus says that he is. So to finish off, I just want to share a couple of verses in the Bible um, about exercise. Now listen to this, because I reckon the Apostle Paul, I reckon he was an exerciser. Listen to what he says. He says to his mate Timothy, For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. He's not dissing the value of exercise, but he's seen that there is something more to this life and his future and his hope are secure in God. Elsewhere he says, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are all wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, Mel.